Hey there, you beautiful Floridians. Welcome to another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. My better podcasting half is officially back. And she got us a new sponsor, Peloton. How fantastic, Gigi. This is the only place I can put a bike, all right? This is my office. It's my workout space. I don't need you to judge me, and I feel very judged right now. You should feel Hi, judged. Matt. Good to see you, too. Good to see you. Good to see you. Ginger's gym. She just got her uh, her little Peloton there. So uh, I wish we were we were sponsored by Peloton, but we're not. Yeah. Well, let's make that happen. Okay. I'm on my, I'm on my fourth ride, so yay me. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm happy to be back this week. I, I really am excited about the show we have lined up today. I'm always excited, but I get particularly excited when we have one of our favorites on, UCF history professor Jim Clark, because he knows he has forgotten more than I will ever know <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to putting things in perspective and talking about history. We always love talking to him, and he always has something that is revealing and something that we can all glean, especially in, in these days, these days and times leading up to the November election. So I'm super excited that we have Jim on. Today. Me too. And uh, there's a lot of fun topics. I want to say if you have a question, I mean, Jim knows a lot of things about a lot of things. If, if it's about politics or Florida, he knows. So if you have a question and you're logging in like Debbie, good morning to you. So glad to have you with us. Keith is saying nice. That's what I like to hear, Keith. And then Eve says, morning, morning to you, Eve. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Jason Geller, my buddy, says, uh, thanks for calling me beautiful. Good to see you guys. Uh, so, so I want to start out with the thing everybody's talking about, Jim, these mail-in ballots, okay? You and I were talking off camera the other day, and you showed me a map of the places that were uh, maybe having some trouble with these mail-in ballots. So first off, how could mail-in ballots swing this election? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, and, and Florida tends to be different than the rest of the country. That's why President Trump is telling people, okay, Florida's fine. Let them do it their way, but don't let the other 49 states do it. Um, in Florida, lots of Republicans, especially older Republicans, have been doing mail-in voting for years and years. So Donald Trump knows he needs those votes to win Florida and win re-election. Uh, so Florida ends up being a different animal than the other 49 states. But is Florida really different, Jim? I mean, is there a significant... Uh, he said, no, Florida's good. Is there an actual difference? And I've heard the terms absentee versus mail-in. Uh, and all of that. Like, what can you explain to people? Is there a difference in Florida, like like the president had intimated? No, not really. Uh, and uh, just that he needs all the votes he can get in Florida. They tend to skew Republican. In other states, people don't know how they'll skew if there if there's a huge influx. And I think it's more the fear of what he doesn't know in the other 49 states. In some states, all you need to do is say, hey, mail me a ballot, and they'll send it to you. In other states, uh, a few states, you in effect have to prove that you can't make it to the polls or you're you know, in a wheelchair or something like that. So every state is different. Um, we saw the election the other night 
in Florida go off basically without a hitch. I think that's the, the first time in a while <laughs> we haven't had some sort of a, of a scandal here about election results. So Florida knows what it's doing, uh, but that's not to say the other states don't know either. Yeah, and you know, you called something the, the other day, uh, and you nailed it right on the head because it was re a reversal by what the postmaster general was saying. We're talking about Louis De La Haye, uh, De La Haye, and he was, you know, trying to slow down, or people think slow down the mail-in process. But then he did an about face. Yeah, he sure did, and uh, the reaction was uh, unbelievably harsh. And I don't think we've heard the last of this. What the Postmaster General did was target certain cities, including Orlando. Overwhelmingly, these were cities that went for Hillary four years ago, Tampa, Orlando, Miami. So it opened him up to charges that he was trying to delay mail-in ballots in Democratic cities. Uh, so in Orlando, we, have, we had these huge machines which speed processed mail. Uh, and basically, he shut them down. It's not clear yet whether they are yet operating. So if people are getting their mail slow or their medication slow or whatever, it's not the fault of their carrier. It's the policy of the post office department. And even with the change, it's unclear how long it'll take to catch up. Yeah, I think I think I called him the wrong name. It's uh, Louis DeJoy. Yeah, uh, I think I called him DeJoy. Hey, I don't know where. I uh, no, that's okay. Uh, hey, Jim, we correct our mistakes here on Florida's Fourth Estate. And to be honest, I didn't know either way. I would have been fine. Uh, but I do. We are getting a bunch of questions in for you, Jim. Okay, this is interesting. So Victoria's saying, "How do you ensure someone doesn't vote by mail?" I've wondered this myself, and then come in and vote in person and get to get to do the double vote. I know a lot of people have been wondering about that. Do you know how they keep that from happening, Jim? Yeah, they keep unbelievable records. People don't realize uh, that people who vote by mail, it's recorded online. They can go in and check um, every vote, uh, not how you voted, but the fact that you voted is recorded. That's uh, you see every year where somebody's running for some office and it turns out they haven't voted in the last 20 years and becomes an issue. So your votes are recorded. I know because of the slowdown in mail, I know of a couple of people who sent in their mail ballot and it didn't get there. They had to request other ballots. They were told that once you request a mail ballot, you're taken off the list and cannot come in and vote. So. Um, there are safeguards. Uh, people are worried about this, but it's like voting in person. Once you show up and, and vote in person, you can't come back around and uh, do it again. That's a really good question. I'm glad you clarified that because I, I, Matt, I always I, I wonder the same thing too. And people, that's why people go vote early, vote often. It's like you can't, you're not, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the era of uh, the Chicago as they used to call it, voting the graveyards, is, uh, is pretty much over with. First of all, remember in Florida, uh, you know, everybody's saying, oh, this side or that side might do it. We have independently elected election supervisor that don't answer to a politician like a mayor 
or a governor. And also in Florida, the overwhelming majority of election supervisors are Republicans. So it's hardly likely they'll try to do anything against Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't think they'd be trying to swing it against him. I, and you brought up uh, the the cemetery, the death thing, and somebody's asking about that too. How do you ensure the ballot roster is compared to the death registry? Is is there a more sophisticated system that we have now than we used to uh, regarding that, Jim? Yeah, no, it's it's hard to uh, to update the list. But remember, when you go to vote, you have to produce identification. So if you had a I don't know, a dead person's driver's license, uh, you might be able to get away uh, with voting. And if you kind of looked like him, right? <laughs> and if you looked like him, exactly. But remember, in a state with, what, 8 million voters, you you really have to turn out a lot of dead people. To, <laughs> a lot of people have to die. <laughs> a lot of people have to die for you to influence the, uh, the election. And... They all have to die and vote the same way, and they have to vote in elections where it counts. So yeah. it is extremely difficult to do. I mean, we've everybody talks about election fraud, but when it comes down to it, the cases in the last four or five years have generally been where somebody thought they could vote, and then it turned out they weren't eligible, or people wandering into the wrong precinct and trying to vote. So we're just not finding this voter fraud that everybody keeps talking about. Yeah, which is why it makes news when, you know, every once in a while we'll hear like, well, my cat got a, a ballot in the mail or my dog got a ballot. In the, you know, <laughs> I mean, it happens every once in a while. And, and that's why it's news, because it is so unusual. But people make a big deal out of that. And they want to grasp onto that as an example of fraud that can be carried out. Yeah, and, and we've had elections that have hinged on uh, on corruption. Uh, John Kennedy's 1960 election hinged on just unbelievable corruption in Texas and Chicago. Um, and frack, for years, the southern part of Illinois and the Chicago area would try to delay um, giving their vote totals because they wanted to see how it was going and then they would try to throw the election one way or the other. Uh, it's pretty clear that Richard Nixon carried Illinois in 1960 and that he probably carried Texas in 1960. He probably should have been elected president. Uh, the other side of that is John Kennedy probably should have carried Ohio in 1960, if not for some shenanigans. You, you are a... I don't understand how you remember all this stuff. I have another question uh, from a guy who I know is a very good uh, blackjack dealer. His name's Jason Geller. He says, if you request a ballot by mail but never receive it, are you still ineligible to vote in person? He says that seems fishy. So do you know what happens in that circumstance, Jim, if you yeah. request it and don't get yeah, it? Yeah, you, you're done. Uh, what happens is, uh, in one case that I know of, the person got a ballot, sent it back, something happened, they didn't get it, and uh, on, uh, and they were told, hey, you can't come to the, the precinct and vote, you're done. However, uh, and I was surprised at this, this was in Orange County, I don't know about other counties, what they do is they sent 
an elections employee to this person's house, gave them a ballot, and they cast their ballot then, put it in a sealed envelope, and the person took it back to the elections office. So there are so many checks and balances now. I mean, and if we always say every vote counts, and clearly that person's vote did count, and that person wanted their vote to count. And I, it just shows you the measures that people will go to. But then you wonder what happened to the ballot that was never received. Yeah, and again, that could be sitting in a bin somewhere. It might be interesting to ask the election supervisors if they're still getting mail-in ballots because of the slowdown in uh, in the post office. Yeah, did you ever in your lifetime imagine that we would be talking about an election and snail mail that has now become so important? Because remember at one point we talked about the Postal Service just going away and dying, and now it is more important than ever. And it, it really, we're in a pandemic. It really is, and it also... The mistake the Republicans made in this post office thing was that it, the people who use the post office most are older people, and those are Trump's base. Uh, Trump needs those people. So, in effect, he was hurting himself uh, with this mail thing. These are people who look forward to getting the mail. They still send letters. When was the last time you sent a letter, Ginger? I, you know oh. what? I send cards. She she is one of those. She is a ninety year old in a much younger body. <laughs> okay, she does send stuff. I, now ask me that question, Jim. I still have a checkbook. Jim. Oh. <laughs> oh, I do too. But Matt, when was the last time you sat down and wrote a letter to someone, put it in an envelope, and took it to the post office? Can I tell you? Okay, I would have no idea how many stamps to put on. I would have to ask. <laughs> I would have to ask Ginger. Do I need like two or three? And I don't even oh, remember, like, gosh. does the, which address goes where, right now. which goes in can the I middle. Pull, look, can I just show you, I have a thing of just stamps. <laughs> There's stamps that I have that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ginger's that person like in the coffee shop. Oh, here's Jim. Oh no. Oh no. Two stamp people. You guys better keep them handy. You keep them right next to you just in case you need a stamp, huh? <laughs> You guys are the people in Publix who are like, ah, stamps went up by a penny again. Oh, I got it. That's why you get the forever stamps, Matt. And get off my lawn while you're at it. When was the last time you bought stamps, Matt? I, I have never bought stamps. My wife had bought them a couple of times in our lives, I think. Oh, man. Because I buy stamps that I like. You guys are ridiculous. All right. Can we can we Whatever. get back on track here, Ginger Gadsden? <laughs> yes, because you know what? I wanted to talk to Jim about something that I heard come up um, quite often. We're uh, today, as we are recording this, it is the last day of the DNC, the Democratic National Convention. And of course, it's all had to be done virtually, right? And so we've made some history with the Democrats, you know, with Kamala Harris being the VP choice, which she just accepted officially and nominated officially last night. And it seems to me, Jim, that there's been a big discussion about her lately as far as her race and how black she is or is not. And we saw this happen with President Obama when he was on the ticket as well. 
what is that, Jim? Because they're saying, because she's not the descendant of slaves, that she is not black. And she, her dad is Jamaican, her mom's um, Indian. And so I heard somebody say last night that Jamaicans aren't black. And <laughs> I, I just, I can't wrap my brain around the people who don't look like Kamala saying that she's not black. Yeah, I think uh, slavery was such a unique experience and stories about slavery um, have been passed down from generation to generation. And it is an intimate part of the African-American culture. And so I think there's a certain feeling that this is something the descendants of slaves own. I mean, think about this. Um, your father, as a boy, Ginger, knew slaves, knew people who had been bought and sold in bondage. That he, They must have told stories to him. They must have uh, related that experience. And so that's a unique thing for him. Barack Obama, again, uh, an African father, uh, a white mother. Uh, and so a lot of people felt, wait a minute, he, his family, his background has not experienced the African-American experience. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I just don't know who gets to determine. And because we're in a, a 2020 census year, you know, it's, it's important to know your counted. So I just don't know who gets to decide who checks what box. And it seems like it just is a it's a moving target and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I met somebody who who uh, was on some committee and uh, they were from a white person from South Africa who had checked African-American. Uh, so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, guys, we're getting some, uh, well, some guy is saying we're not even live, so don't waste your time commenting, I guess, is what uh, John's saying. Well, uh, by putting up your comment, this, which is the one <laughs> decent thing you've had to say this whole time, John, I, I'm letting you know we are, in fact, live, and I am the one who censors the comments here. We also have Russell, who says, today we're being leftist and political. We should stay away from politics. I don't know what we've said that's leftist. Uh, other than we're just trying to, uh, we're not telling you who to vote for or who we agree with or disagree with or any of that. All we're talking about are we're, we brought in a guy who has studied elections his entire life <laughs> to talk about I see a lot election fraud. He's behind him, so I feel like he's qualified to do that. I, um, you know, I don't know. Some people are some wall. people are saying Jim right. is not going with what their Google tells them. Uh, so <laughs> you know. Um, we're just, it's, it's a little difficult, uh, in this, you know, we're just trying to give you an, an expert opinion here. That is what Jim Clark is. Yeah. And so, so, but everything we, we, becomes political, we, Jim. Matt, we've become so political when I do things, I, I stopped doing it because I got emails. If I went on channel six and wore a red tie, I got emails saying, oh, you must be a Trump supporter because you wore a red tie. Um, yeah. So I don't wear red ties or blue ties anymore. We've become yeah. very oh political. Don't you know I had to think about what I put, the color top I put on today, it's fuchsia. Like it's not red. Honestly, we do this. And on election day, as news anchors, we are very aware not to wear certain colors because we don't, 
I mean, I don't care one way or the other. We're just going to report what's actually happening. But I don't want, we don't want people to think like, oh, you're wearing blue to support. And, you know, one of our anchors, she always jokes, she's, I'm wearing nonpartisan purple. And we all <laughs> end up wearing purple on election day mm-hmm. or primary day, yeah. whatever. It's, it's That's how much we have to think about it and make sure that we walk that line. Yeah, Matt and I have the same tie, <laughs> which do. is red and blue. We do, which is red and blue stripes. Uh-huh. Uh, that we wear a lot around elections. Yeah, very true. And the, you know, the thing is, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's super complicated. And the thing that we the, the problem is, there are all of these other networks out there who really do want to influence your opinion on who you vote for. Ginger and I and our bosses, we really do not care which way you vote, which side of the spectrum. We're trying to give you some information. Everybody's talking about mail-in ballots. There's a lot of misinformation out there, so we thought, hey, we'd do a podcast about it, and now people are throwing us. I have had, I have had people tell me I'm a raving liberal, and people tell me I'm <laughs> ignoring, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a crazy conservative, all in the same show. <laughs> you know, you've got it right, because they, they don't know. They have no idea. Yeah. It's like you're, yeah. they feel like you're one, you're this way one day and this way the other day, so that's, that's true. I'm we, good we, with that. We have le- oh, sorry, go ahead, Gigi. If you vote, that's I would. That's what I care about the most. Like I will be opinionated about because people complain about things and they don't like the way things are done. I'm like, but did you vote? And it's like, no, because it doesn't count. They, it, you know, it's it's rigged. It's like then I, then conversation is over. That is the only thing I really have a strong opinion about. Did you vote? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And and. People did vote in this most recent election on August 18th. The voter turnout was crazy. Jim was telling me uh, what uh, the biggest turnout in 18 years or something. People came out to vote here in Central Florida. And they were not only did people vote, people were paying attention to the news. Jim, there were a couple of big elections that people thought were going to swing toward the incumbent. That incumbent had been wrapped up in some uh, precarious situations. And the voters... <laughs> We're listening, right? Like take uh, maybe Rick Singh, for example. Tell us what happened in that race. Yeah, uh, Rick Singh involved in a number of messy, uh, messy cases. Uh, FDLE had investigated. Uh, they elected not to bring charges, uh, but uh, the voters rejected him soundly, uh, about two to one. So it was uh, uh, clear that the, uh, the voters were... Uh, were listening, and he had had an. Uh, you had a film clip there. He had an investigation that he authorized, done by Belvin Perry, which quote cleared him unquote. Uh, but I think that ended up hurting Belvin Perry to have been in, involved with uh, Rick Singh. So in uh, Polk County, we had the uh, the congressman Spano who had been involved in some financial dealings, uh, he lost in the primary. In uh, Osceola County, we had the clerk of courts who had been going from one mess to another for eight years. He was handily defeated. Uh, The sheriff there who had problems was defeated. Uh, In Orange County, uh, uh, Betsy Vanderlei, who was involved in several things, she was defeated. So people were paying attention and incumbents who got into trouble are unemployed today. 
Yeah. Mm. And and the other uh, interesting one, you mentioned Belvin Perry. Uh, Monique Worrell, she came in and she she took that spot as the uh, state attorney for Orange Osceola. Did that race surprise you, Jim? Because uh, she, she, you know, a lot of people talked about uh, Barra maybe winning. Obviously, Belvin Perry has that big name recognition. And she got some kind of an infusion of money that may have helped her, right? Yeah, I, I got to tell you that that as a as a historian, uh, I I'm a, a little embarrassed because our our motto is you know those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. And what ended up happening this year was exactly what happened four years ago, and nobody saw it coming. Uh, here we had uh, Monica uh, uh, Worrell well, well, yeah. who enters the race late, kind of nobody pays attention to her. Boy, Belvin Perry, everybody in the county knows his name. Uh, Senior circuit judge, uh, just, you know, the Casey Casey Anthony Anthony, trial. Oh, everyone knew who he was. You had the deputy in the office who was originally endorsed, Vara, by the uh, uh, state's attorney. Uh, And then Two things happened. Uh, the state attorney changes her endorsement to Worrell, and then the same thing that happened four years ago happens. Um, progressives led by the billionaire, Siros, uh, George Siros, pump more than a million dollars into the campaign in the final days. And uh, you could not turn on a TV, you couldn't go on social media without seeing something for uh, Worrell in the final days of the campaign. So, uh, again, it shows uh, in political terms, a million dollars is not that much, but it's enough to get a state attorney elected in Orange County. Wow. That Yeah, that money, that is, you're right. That's twice in a row that money has yeah. come in and basically just given that person the, the vote that they needed. That was wild. And nobody saw it coming. Yes. Nobody said, gee, I wonder, wonder if that will happen again this year. <laughs> History repeats itself. That's why we have you on, Jim, for perspective. Mm-hmm. Thank you. To remind us. To remind us. Yeah. And we've w- w- once the RNC happens, just to show that we, we're not partisan, we're going to have you back to talk about with, what happens with the, with the RNC a, as well, because that, that's coming up here shortly. Yeah. Very much so. So, Jim Clark, you are always just an amazing reference for us. We appreciate it. Uh, our commenters may not all appreciate you the way we do. <laughs> they don't appreciate <laughs> us either half the time. Uh, so it's all good. But we did our best to try to unpack the election and the mail-in system. And people are saying, hey, here's the deal. If you are worried about mail-in voting, if you don't trust it, get your butt up off the couch and go vote in person. You still have that right. And, uh, and Hey, I still like doing it that way. You know, I get it. I, you know, you, you get to see and I, feel like something, I know, but if yeah. anybody needs any stamps, Jim and I can. <laughs> we can help you out. And Ginger, let me observe that you've recovered well, uh, from the loss of Matt Morgan in the election, the <laughs> WWE wrestler. I know oh, you're a big wrestling fan. I guess. Worry about that, and, and here we are. And so uh, there will not be a wrestler, a professional wrestler, on the Seminole County Commission. And incumbent commissioner Bob Delaria can go around telling people he beat up a 
WWE wrestler. A six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pound wrestler. He did defeat yes. him in one way. Uh, that's a great. That is a great headline right there, Jim. Thank you so much. And only in Florida would that ever happen. So. Oh. Of course, of oh, course. Man. So thank you for all of you who joined us, whether you were bashing us or loving us. Uh, Shelly says she and her husband always vote in person. Wendy says just vote, person, mail it in, I doesn't matter. Who loved us. I don't, I'm not thanking the people who bashed us. Oh, no, I'm thank thanking them. Hey, we need eyeballs. We're not greedy. We'll take <laughs> Come on. Come on in and bash us. It's all good. But Jim Clark, you're the best. I appreciate you. I know we'll be talking to you a lot. Uh, in the very near future. Ginger Gadsden, I'm so glad you're back. Back in the chair, riding the Peloton. We need to do the next one with you on the Peloton doing <laughs> doing a uh, spin session. Uh, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sweat in that room when that happens, I bet. <laughs> As there should be. I'm Matt Austin. She's Ginger Gadsden. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye. Bye.